The views and opinions expressed by various contributors to 98.5 CKWR and its radio programs are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of 98.5 CKWR Wired World, Inc., its broadcasters, staff, or volunteers. Listeners are urged to use their own discernment and draw their own conclusions. Rob Danielson, welcome to Visions and Sound. Now, for those that may be joining me for the very first time, Visions and Sound is a movie, TV, and video game soundtrack program that I produce each and every week right here on 98.5 CKWR. Well, here we are, show number 15 of 2023 and show number 1173, if you're keeping track that way. Welcome to 80s Month as we continue into the month with a look at Return of the Jedi. Now, it goes without saying that this week's show is going to be Total Geek Fest. Uh, joining me this week is, of course, Jason Drury from last week. Uh, this would be last week with the, the yeah. Dead Zone program. So, Jason, welcome. It, welcome I'm, to the I'm, show. I'm, I'm still here. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't left. <laughs> yes, we... we, we we kept yeah you, you I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be stuck here all week I can't I can't, I can't escape Sorry. yeah yeah you stayed online the whole week and and yes. just been kind of looking in on everybody kind of uh, kind of like the kind yes. of like the emperor yes <laughs> I'm afraid the the, the thing will, will is still about it's still operational when you arrive it's all a trap <laughs> all right well you know at the end of 1980s the Empire Strikes Back there would be a reveal that would haunt the schoolyards for years. Um, was Darth Vader truly Luke's father? Now, personally, I thought Vader was lying, a way of tricking Luke to join the dark side. And who is the other that Yoda spoke of? Questions that would fly around for three long years. Back when there was no internet, so... There were no spoilers, uh, and they were nearly not as prevalent as they are today. Now, I first saw Return of the Jedi at the Lyric Theater in Kitchener with my sister Bonnie. I remember being in, I remember the line just being absolutely huge as it looped down an alleyway. So, Jason, your first experience with Return of the Jedi. 
Well, I've heard heard about it for a number of, for quite a long while, and I first I, I remember seeing it for the first time on video, and I know it was on before I saw it because maybe I remember I was oh, what was that, fourteen at the time, and um, we watched it after of all things the boat race. Okay. I, watched, I watched the boat race, and then after we had we had to, we put Return of the Jedi video on, and I absolutely loved the film so much I saw it. So it the following day as well. But so I must have must have really enjoyed it. Hmm. I have I've had a huge I I've, I've loved I've loved Star Wars I loved I love that film. I love as you know, Empire Strikes Back is my favourite film favourite film score of all time. Of course. And Jedi and the Jedi is just is is up there as well. I've always enjoyed the film every time I've seen it. Um, I remember I had a wonderful time in 1970 seeing the special editions. There were, it was a, it was it was that was the first that was the first time I saw I see saw Jedi on the big screen and right. it was amazing. It is, it can be underrated mainly because of the, the child the, the childish element of AKA the Ewoks. Yes, but this, watching it again yesterday it still holds up well and it, it keeps you intrigued and it's and it is is well written and and also. Well acted. It's a good performance in there. The performance of Mark Hamill is, is very, very good. Mm-hmm. It is, and also, I noticed watching it yesterday, the um, Darth Vader. The guy, I think it wasn't reading it. It wasn't Dave Prowse in the suit at the end. It was uh, Bob Anderson, the uh, the guy who did all the uh, choreography of the, of the table right. work. But you can see even in Vader's face. The change at the end when he what happens at the end of the film, you can see him turning, even though nothing is said. Exactly. And I thought, obviously, I thought it was very, it was very good. You could actually see, actually see his, his mind going. And I saw a, sim- a similar film to that. It was about like four years before that. This recently, I think over, over Easter, about Moonraker. If you uh-huh. want to see, what's to see with Jaws, when you suddenly you see him turning, with his, it's, 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 it's a similar way. You can see, you see, you can see it in his face. It, 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 the the film it is still as good as ever. It, it, it has it has its critics, of course. Of course. And also, I think it's also relevant because of the the director was was a very it's a very good director, Richard Marquand. It's such you we lost so you did another great film after 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 Jedi of, of the, the Jackie Edwards was really good. It was, it was absolutely terrific, good director. We we lost him so so. Uh, so, so way too early. It would have been a, would have been some great films coming from him. I'm sure if he if he if he was alive. Right. And the, the it it is 40 years old. We're absolutely. I feel really old thinking that way. But it has stood the test of time. And it's. I it's would a, agree. And, and all good like all good films. And and also the good thing about Jedi as well, of course, is George Lucas doesn't write the script. He just wrote. He's a good storyteller. But he left it to somebody like Lawrence Kasdan to write the script, which was the best, best thing. And all the best Star Wars films, in my opinion, don't have George Lucas writing. A, you can't write a script for Toffee, but you can write a good story and put some people like Lawrence Kasdan, and they can do they can do good things with it. And that's what happens with your Jedi. I love that term. Can't write a script for Toffee. There we go. That's a very British thing for you to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in any case. Um, so when I first heard, when I first saw the film, of course, you know, was the thought, and I mean, you had seen Empire before. What was your thought? Did you think that Vader was lying? Did you think that there was there was a ruse going on here? That that sort of thing. 
I thought that was the. I thought at the time it was the truth. He was his, he was the father. But looking at this, watching the scene again, watching watching the scene when he, when the elders talking to him, it was a it was a very very good very important scene in the yeah. film because you see how he gradually when he when he died, he, he's, he's, apparently Yoda was the only person from the Jedi who dies in the films due to natural causes. Would you believe? Yeah. Everybody else gets killed outright and disappears, and I think it was. It was a poignant thing, and also with uh, Alec Guinness coming in as well. The, uh, the you know the certain point of view speech, it, 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 which it, it, and then how 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 uh, Luke kind of um, realizes who the sister is, and kind of, yeah. kind of it, it's it's just this, the dialogue scenes are well. It's one of the, one of the better films in terms of dialogue in the series compared oh, to. I would the, agree. Compared to like Attack of the Clones or anything like that, or anything Hayden Christensen, that's that's that that that. Uh, yes, the it, less... it, it, it pales in comparison, but it is it's a, such a it's a it's a nice it's well it's a very well it's somebody who actually actually write some dialogue, which is yeah. really good, and yeah. there's, a, there's a good some good di- good dialogue scenes in it, and um, yeah, it, 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 the film still works, even though you've seen it hundreds of times, it's still in it's still it's still. It doesn't take on getting being part part of the ride. Well, one of the one of the things that I that I often talk about when I see, I recently saw the the film with uh, some some friends, um, and I said to myself, God, it makes you feel like you're 13 again, or it makes you yeah. feel like a kid again, seeing the and it loses nothing, in in my opinion, it loses absolutely nothing, and the score, of course, you cannot talk about. The, the Star Wars films without speaking of John Williams' score. And, uh, and Return of the Jedi, um, I would say not maybe not my favorite of the three scores, but still a, I mean, a bad John Williams score <laughs> or, or a, you know, a bad John Williams score is is like a really good Poor composer score, you know that, that that kind of thing. And this is this is far from bad. It's very oh exactly. Stu- no, I stu- I didn't mean stu- to imp- terrific. Yeah, terrific. didn't mean to didn't mean to imply that it was bad. It's not by any means. All right. Well, why don't we get to it now? Uh, today we're going to do things a little differently. Uh, the ultimate releases for the scores are, of course, on RCA and Sony, but we're going to go back in time. Back. Yes, Back. to to uh, to probably one of the more definitive releases that was released at the time, the 1993 20th Century Fox film score releases. Um, a 1990 Skywalker Symphony release and a 1983 Varese Saraband release. So we'll kick off the show with, of course, the 1993 Fox release. So we'll be back in just a little bit.
Yeah. 
Music from the 1983 film Return of the Jedi. In case you didn't know, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of said film. So if you're interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at Visions Sound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. I can also be found on Good Pods, which is a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And I can be found on Apple Music or any other podcatcher right now. Um, just look for just type in Visions and Sound. You'll probably find me on some some thing. Yeah, some some <laughs> downloadable site somewhere. You'll 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 find it. You'll find me. In any case, welcome back to Visions and Sound. As this week, like I said, we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So for me, and we've been discussing a little bit off off air here about what uh, you know the how, what what Return of the Jedi kind of means means to us and, and that sort of thing. And for me, it was like the the it was getting to the end. You get that culmination of the, of the the final films, and at the time. This was the final film. We didn't know that there was going to be other stuff that followed this. I mean, yeah, there were novels and there was, you know, that sort of thing. But we didn't know that that in 1999 there was going to be a another trilogy starting. And we didn't know that there was going to be one in the future. We just thought, this is going to be it. There's no more Star Wars after this. And 
I mean, any any film Star Wars. And Lucas was kind of, I don't know, if you'll, if you'll excuse the term lukewarm on the idea of doing any more films. I have a Cinefantastique um, a magazine that, that, that ha- has an article in it, Where is Star Wars 4? And it asks the question. And, and, and at the time, Lucas was not, he did not show his cards. He was not, he was, he just wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, I don't think he was thinking of that. I think he he had his more, his mind more on Indiana Jones and his mind more on other, he was trying other projects. I mean, yeah, you got Howard the Duck and all of that. But still, he had his mind on other projects, and I think Star Wars made him made him the, made him the money so he could take those projects and move move forward with them. So yeah, that's that's my take on the whole thing. Jason, uh, do you have a, a a take on this? I mean, we, we mentioned the uh, uh, the um, was it Fred Steiner? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, first, first of all, tell people who Fred Steiner is. Fred Steiner is a composer best known for his work on Star on Star Trek, particularly right. some great great scores of the Star Trek series, and also was a huge fan of Bernard Herrmann. He also had this knack in the seventies, early eighties, of ghostwriting or assisting composers in in the scores. He he did a couple of additional cues. He did work on Star music. Jay Goldsmith's score for Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Right. Not not writing the music, more or less. Uh, using the themes of, from the composer to make a new tr- different some tracks. I think it was I think for cases of Star Trek the motion pictures for timing purposes. And a similar thing happened for Return of a Jedi. Steiner came in and wrote two cues in Return of a Jedi. After I think one the first one was the the bar chase that you just just played. Right. I think it was because Ghost was. Uh, William John Williams's cue was rejected for some reason. So they Steiner, which is very unusual, very strange. It was, but it wasn't. It was. It didn't. Didn't work. So Steiner, Steiner was brought in, and he wrote this like Star Wars medley. All the stuff, all the music was composed by John Williams, but it was Steiner was. He was involved in curating the cue, which nobody seemed to be complaining about because Williams did conduct it, mm-hmm. and it was it was it was his music, so it was, it was not a problem. And he also did a, 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 another cue down the line called at short end of the film called Superstructure Chase, right. which is also like a, a it also feels like a Star Wars greatest hits medley, which is also arranged more by, by Fred Steiner, which goes Williams conducted. Also, as this score itself was recorded at Abbey Road, mm-hmm. that that but but the, you make if you listen to the score, it, it it does sound different, and it it was it was. This cue was sounded because it was recorded at a different studio and also had a different recording engineer. Yeah. Thomson Thomson did about 99.9% of that cue. It was uh, Keith Grant at Olympic Studios, who they, for some reason they did this one cue at Olympic Studios for the Star Wars film. Which, which if you if you listen to the albums, it does stand out like a sore thumb because it does <laughs> sound it does sound completely different right. in, to anything else in, in the, on the album. But then then. Comes back and sounds when we when we return to the Darth Vader's death. Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. Oh, which, oh goodness, yes, really? Yeah, yes, yes. He, he dies, <laughs> and suddenly, 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 it all changes back again. So uh, Steiner was sort of he he was not he didn't really trumpet the fact he did these things, which is good. Good. He was 
the sort of guy he was, very, very, very modest. But he 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 did help contribute to two of the most important scores of the late late seventies, early eighties. Okay, started the motion picture and Jedi. Cool. Well, we're going to continue on with some more music from Return of the Jedi. But again, we're going to take a little detour here. And uh, we're going to be listening to select cuts from a 1990s Skywalker Symphony release. Now, this was the first time, I can't remember the record store I found this in, but this was the first time I'd had Star Wars music that wasn't from, like, Eric Kunzel or something like that, or Miko. I I had I had the um I had the was it the was it RSO that released Return of the Jedi? I can't remember. Yes, yes, RSO. And so yeah, I had that album, but this was the first CD of Star Wars music that I had. So this is the Skywalker Symphony. Um, pl- I'm going to play a few cues off of that because there's only like four on there anyway. But here is some some more music from. Return of the Jedi, in this case, performed by the Skywalker Symphony, of course, conducted by John Williams. Back in a bit. Thank you. 
And as I mentioned, there's a little bit of a detour that we took there. That is the Skywalker Symphony doing some select cuts from The Return of the Jedi. So welcome back to Visions and Sound as this week we are looking at the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. If you are interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I am on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. You can find me on Good Pods, a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices, and you can also find me on Apple Music or, as I've mentioned before, any of the other podcatchers that are out there. So welcome back to Visions and Sound, as I've mentioned, the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, we had kind of discussed off-air, Jason, uh, the idea of of the, well, first of all, the the impact of the last movie and how much it, we were discussing the fact that this is it would have been the the it was the final film there was nothing that was going to come after this but something else that i wanted to bring up and we kind of discussed this as well is speaking of impact in that is eric kunzel yes and one of now if for those that are not familiar with eric kunzel yes. um you should become aware of him especially if you are a a film score fan at all and I mean, there are so many of his recordings out there. I have like, there's Star Trek's, Star Trek's 2, Time Warp, um, Fantastic Voyage. There's a whole bunch of other, other releases that are out there that th- he did so many. And his contribution, he did a lot of Star Wars music. He did a lot of Star Trek music as well. But there's nothing, I mean, his contribution to the world of film music should not be discounted. Um, uh, Jason, do you do you have any of his uh, of his recordings? I have some of his recordings, and but it's he introduced people to film music, and it was to, and we must not um, never forget it for for doing that. It's, it's, it's some some of the stuff is excellent, some high quality record, some high quality recordings from mm-hmm. Kunzel, and uh, I I I I, res, I respect. I respect him for us to, to introducing people that people other people as well done so John John McCary, there's uh some other great people like the World Cat Tadlow, all those all those those three recordings they've yeah. they've done. Uh, some people have, but Eric Eric Kunzel, I think is was probably the most important compo- most important person to introduce people to, to the world of female exactly. and uh, we, we should we should respect respect that. And it, it's okay, a- okay, okay, not original recordings, but they are they're, they're, they're so good and so well well put together, so well is it orchestrated. It was done by somebody who, who was a fan and wanted to show, wanted to introduce film music to the masses. And, exactly, and, and, and it, good for him. It's a and shame. It it's a shame that his that a lot of his his work is now out of print. I mean, yes. uh, if if you if you want a a definitive version of his music that. Believe me, if when you hear it, you'll you'll never forget it. It's the three choral suites. Um, it's the uh, it's Ben Hur, King mm. of Kings, and there's a throw and um, El Cid. No, not El Cid. Um, a Covatus. That's it. Ah, oh. Covatus. Those three on there. Um, the great, three of the great Russia scores. Exactly, fantastic stuff. If if and like I said, if you haven't heard that 
from Kunzel, then at least try and track down Star Trek's one or Star Trek's two, because you will not be disappointed. In any case, well, let's get back to Return of the Jedi and and the fortieth anniversary. When I when I think about it, in the fortieth anniversary, man, it makes me feel old. <laughs> The idea that, that that forty years ago, you know, I'm I like know. a I'm like a kid of of thirteen and standing outside the theater, and anticipating the movie coming up, and see with with return with with Empire Strikes Back when I went to go see it, they gave you a comic before it before oh. the uh, before the film. So had I had I had it been had there been more light in the theater, I probably would have got uh, would have read the reveal before um before it actually before it actually happened in the film but yeah they gave you this 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 marvel comic and uh they didn't do that with return of the jedi surprisingly enough because i guess maybe they didn't want to give stuff away uh for the film but the music for uh you know john williams wrapping it up and doing such a good job now we have we also have to kind of discuss the 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 bantha in the room i guess maybe we could say in the fact that when the special editions came out and i saw the special editions i saw star wars in the same theater that i saw this well the special edition of star wars at the same theater that i saw the original back in 77 but of all of the films i think that jedi got the 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 less of the kind of changes star yeah. wars was the the one that yeah. i think got the most but jedi was kind of i'm trying to think of what else they added to i mean other than the 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 closing scenes there was there wasn't much to change it was so it was it was it didn't, didn't need much change the only difference is probably those final six with the, the uh celebrations we we are we are free yeah. <laughs> we are free yes Jar Jar Binks introduced even before he even appears. Right. Yeah, it's 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 interesting when you like. And, and, and looking at it, looking at it now, I was thinking of this. If you're watching things like um, um, the Mandalorian and um, yeah, and the, the, the other stuff, you can see, you can see how the the, the cobblestone sets are have developed over, over the time. Well, that's where the first time we actually saw these cities, and now they're using them on things like like Andor or mm-hmm. Mandalorian, and and how they've how they've developed that idea from from that was what that from that's where this all came from. The, 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 these new cities, yeah, some pretty some pretty cool stuff. So we're gonna go back to the music, but again, taking a little detour this time. This one goes back to actually 1983. And there was a release by Varez Saraband, and they called it the uh, the Star Wars trilogy because it was a trilogy at that time. Yes. So yes. the thing was, uh, this in particular, and like I said, a little detour here, uh, the Utah Symphony Orchestra, um, they released a Star Wars trilogy on Varez Saraband. Now, as I, I'm, I'm mentioning this here, this release is historically significant as it was the first release of the music of the death of Darth Vader. Spoiler. <laughs> yes. In any case. A first 30 years old film is still doing spoiler alerts. Yep. 
orchestrated by Thomas Newman, if I if I'm researching right. I think so, I think you're right on that. I'd have to I'd have to to have. That was it. It was. I don't think it would be advertised. I think it was done uncredited. But it was his first work on films. Was orchestrating the Darth Vader scene. Okay, I was. I was not aware of that. So yeah, this is the the Utah Symphony Orchestra, and this is some select again some select cuts from Return of the Jedi, as we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of said film, and we'll be back in just a little bit.
And in this case, it is the Utah Symphony Orchestra that's playing the music of Star Wars from a fantastic release called John Williams' The Star Wars Trilogy. This is some fantastic stuff. You can find it out in the wild. Pick it up. It is definitely worth it. It is on the Verez Saraband label, so if you can find it, definitely pick it up. It is so worth it. In any case... If you are interested in any of the film, television, or video game music that I do play here on the show, by all means, you can contact me at, of course, visionsinsound at gmail.com. You can also try me online at facebook.com slash visionsinsound. I'm on the Twitter at visionsound. You can also try me on my website, visionsinsound.ca. I'm also on Good Pods, where you can, it is a downloadable app for your phone or other type devices. And you can also find me on Apple Music as well as other pod catchers. So here we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Now you mentioned something interesting, Jason, in particularly about the fact we were talking about the this, the Star Wars franchise as a whole, and the fact that you said something about uh, uh, that this sh- our sh- these shows wouldn't have, uh, our shows wouldn't exist yeah. without uh, without the, the the music of Star Wars. Yeah, I've, I've always said, I think I've mentioned it before on the show, but with the soundtrack, with John Williams' score, it was so iconic and really resonated with so many people. I do believe that we wouldn't be here today to, talking about film music and oh, sure. Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi if Star Wars did not exist, because it was, it, it was the score that everybody got into, everybody, it was the, the importance, I could not, stress how important that score is if it's you know it, it produced it it made people go back in time like myself to the great composer like corn gold because it was yep. really a lot, a lot of it was the old-fashioned music and then from the 90 because at the 90 came from star wars at the time it, it was released in 77 film music had gone a bit down the more path of uh, contemporary stuff like the people like bob dylan composing film scores right and, and there's a lot. There's the orchestral composers were not, were both shoved in. weren't doing as much these other films. Like some of them went towards television, like Emma Bernstein, Jerry Goldsmith were doing a lot of work on television in those yeah. days. Yeah. But, but then suddenly there was a, a sudden hint from John Williams' Jaws in '75 started. People started to think about scores. But then the one that really did produce the Star Star soundtrack for an in my opinion, is, is is Star Wars. I would agree with you on that. And and every, I think that's the one that made people interested in soundtracks and well, became and became became a community because of it. And I, and I always feel that like it wasn't because of if it wasn't because of wasn't if Star Wars did not exist, we probably would not be here talking about soundtracks. Yeah, exactly. This was this was something that that. I had kind of, I kind of thought about. It. I mean, yeah, we we talked about Eric Kunzel, we talked about the various thing, the various things. But it was that 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 seventy seven Star Wars that just wake woke everybody up, yeah, and said that you know classic scoring for classic, films classic, can classic still work, romantic scoring could work, and and brought in other composers like we wouldn't have one for Star we wouldn't have the work of James Horner. Wouldn't have the work of some of the great stuff of John Williams. Your, your, your orchestral score suddenly became mm-hmm. became the, the, the main thing again. Well, I mean, when it was when it was at the time, it was suddenly it was fa- it was fading out. I mean, I, I I can't talk about that. We can we can't talk about uh, uh, without talking about Jerry Goldsmith and uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, 
Star Trek the motion picture wouldn't exist without Star Wars. Exactly. All of all of these 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 science fiction franchises that were being, you know, dug up and said what's your what's the next Star Wars? I think was a lot of what people were were saying and that sort of thing. So yeah, when when you got the three films and again at the time, we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, and also, also must add other schools like Superman. Oh, Superman, one. for sure. Superman, the importance. John, John, John Williams is so much to to produce the 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 orchestral the orchestral the return of the orchestral score mm-hmm. from the seventies, and it's proceeded up to this day. Even though maybe even at the moment it's going to it's slightly been taken over by the like the or we could call it like the Zimmer sound. <laughs> if, 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 it was, if, you, if you see what I mean. But right. the orchestral story is still hanging on in there. And I, I always, I would always support composers who would, who would, who would do the, who want to compose full orchestral music for, for films. For sure. Like, like, like people today like Michael Giacchino, people like Joe McNeely, people like Alan Silvestri are still flying the flag for orchestral music. And we should always we should support these guys. I agree. I agree. Well, we're gonna we're gonna continue on and wrap up the show in a little bit, but continue on with a little bit more music from the Fox recording of which which which, which is what we started the show with, with more of Return of the Jedi. So we're gonna continue on with that, and we'll be back to wrap up the show in just a little bit. So here's some more.
you know, 40 years later, this music still, still raises the hairs on my arm when I hit, when I listen to it, especially that last, that funeral pyre scene with, uh, with, uh, Luke and, and what's left of, uh, of Vader's suit. Darth Vader barbecue, anyone? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, just the, the, the music, uh, you know, like I said, 40 years later, it, it loses absolutely nothing, which I think is what we should take away from this after 40 years that the original trilogy are the are the sequel is the sequel trilogy is the uh, the prequel trilogy is kind of getting the same love that the original trilogy got just not as much and will the sequel trilogy get the same who knows eventually we'll see but the the original trilogy can it cannot be denied that from a filmmaking standpoint from a music standpoint it it's absolutely incredible and the, it loses nothing over the years. We're talking about a film score that was composed 40 years down the line. It's still as good as ever. We'll be talking about it 80 years down the line, 100, 100 years down the line. It's, it is a seminal work and shows the greatness of John Williams. Right. Well, one of the things you pointed out was that Williams was our age. I'm turning 53 this year. So yes. he was he was our age when he did these scores. Yes. And what, what, have, what, what have we done in our lives? Really? <laughs> exactly. Okay, Jason. Uh, what, that's all for us this week. It's gone by so quickly. And thanks for hanging in, those that did. Now, as we continue into 2023, I hope as you're getting on with your day that you realize just how awesome you are. Never let anybody tell you any different. If you're ever not feeling right, there are people out there who are willing to chat and care about you. If not family, then some professional who can help. As Rocky said, nobody hits harder than life. I know from personal experience how hard it is for me to sit behind this mic week after week when I feel like no one's listening. I would never have made it this far without the support of a huge team of people behind me. If you or someone you know is in crisis and needs help, resources are available. In case of an emergency, please call 911 for immediate help. Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, Depression Hurts, Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868, 1-844-HERE-247 and here247.ca all offer ways of getting help if you or someone you know may be suffering from mental health issues. Jason, what have you got? I know much, not much has changed since last week, but yes. let everybody know what you got coming up. If you weren't here last week, I've still got the second part of my Christopher Young interview to come out. Also, two eight interviews by Robert from Two great composers, Robert Carley and Panna Otillo. Also a two-part archive show which I've done recently. So all roles are ready to come out from Cinematic Sound. And I'm getting, I've already started looking around for some new, more people to talk to. I've already got one already maybe lined up in the next few weeks. So I've got, I have, at, the time, at this moment I'm taking a little rest, but very soon I'll be uh, interviewing some more people for the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Join me next week as we're heading into 80s month, as we continue rather into 80s month with a celebration of the 40th anniversary of the V miniseries and with my special guest, Robbie Sims, who'll be joining me on the show next week as well. Well, folks, stay tuned for In the Mix, followed by The Dark Side with Madam Ravencroft at 3 to 5 a.m. I'll end off this week's show with some more music from the music from Return of the Jedi, and I will be back next week with more Visions and Sound. This is the original.
what we heard back in 83 with the Ewoks singing. So have a good night. We'll see you next week.